What's this called, Joe? <laughs> What's this event called? Brothers, y'all all right? Yeah, brothers, y'all all right. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, Volume one. thank you, gentlemen, for being here today. Uh, my name is Dewan Alfred. I'm a community organizer, and I work in policy in the city of Newark, and uh, the great city of Newark. And I'm so happy to have a group of young men, uh, diverse backgrounds and diverse uh, professions here at this space to kind of talk about uh, mental health issues and concerns. Uh, we'll start with you, Ty. Peace and light. My name is Tyrone Day. Uh, born and raised in North New Jersey. New attendance counselor for North Public Schools. Public activist in my community. And also the founder of King's Motivation Project. I'm just happy to be around King's, man. That's able to open up and just be vulnerable at this period of time. What's going on, everybody? My name is Shane Fuller. Um, I'm an artist, youth activist, from the city of East Orange, Montclair, and Newark. So I just be saying Essex County because it's too complicated. <laughs> um, definitely happy to be here and share my experiences with everybody and just, you know, gain some clarity on the topic. Good afternoon, fellas. Uh, my name is Dwayne Dixon. I'm a community organizer and I serve as a program leader at the All Stars Project of New Jersey. Uh, I'm also, I grew up in Newark and Roselle, so I also say, uh, Union in Essex County because it's confusing as well. I'm really excited to be here and a part of the conversation uh, trying to figure out how we as men can move forward together. What it do is Wusa. Um, what am I? Uh -huh. I'm a young entrepreneur, um, born and raised in Brick City like Steve. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Zeli Imani. I'm an educator. I'm Black Lives Matter activists um, in Patterson and nationwide trying to do some positive things for all black people, not for certain black people, but for all black people. And I think that's why this space is really important so we can really have these intense and um, much needed conversations about what blackness is and what being a black man really means in America. What's going on? My name is Alpha Quan Hardy. Um, I always say I'd like to thank my mom for giving me my first name, my father for my last name. So. Um, I'm also an educator here in the uh, city of Newark. Um, I'm also a life coach, and uh, and I and I focus uh, primarily. I focus on on us as as uh, people of color, but uh, my target right now was really men, and uh, moving us forward uh, to to the next level for not just for us, but for our next generation. What's up, y'all? Um, my name is Joe Moore, or you can call me Sir Moore. Uh, I am a community organizer, so to speak, uh, just a creative artist. Um, I try my best to bring the community together. And, you know, I'm just a black man in America trying to learn how to cultivate my, you know, artistry through art and through my brothers as well, so we can meet our women halfway, so we can create that that, that uh, enriched black home again. So that's just my goal. Um, and that's what I do mainly, just bring the community together. Excellent. <coughs> um, when they say men don't multitask, I'm, I'm just astounded by these brothers. You're overwhelmed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, that's why we need therapy. <laughs> right. I, I was going to say that because, like, I feel like we do do too much. 
and it gets overwhelming, but we don't really have that outlet to be like, yo, I'm tired. Like, cause if we say we tired, we're like, all right, you, you bitching or you know what I'm saying? Or you complaining about life, like this is the life you chose, right? But it's like, yo, like we get tired, you know? It's okay to be tired, you know? It's okay to, you know, I, I need a nap. You know, a lot of us sleep deprived um, because of the responsibility that the title of man holds, you know, and we don't have that release. Let's talk about that. So where'd you learn what manhood actually, how would you define it? Like, um, what are some things that you use to identify with this idea of manhood? And what are some things that you're working to aspire to? Mm. Movies. Movies taught me what manhood is. Uh, save the woman. Um, protect the household. Uh, be a protector. Um, always be braggadocious. Uh, be hard all the time. Um, maybe borderline center. Like, yo, this is about me. Um, what I say goes. Um, I'm the man of the house, so I make the rules. Um, there is no like 50-50 type thing. So that's, watching certain movies show me how to be a man because like a lot of us, you know, I don't personally hear, but fathers were in place, you know, in my life, um, male figures. I was raised by women. My grandmother raised me. Um, and then later on, I started having like male figures, but the parts where I needed that male guidance, none of them was there. So I, I relied on movies. That's interesting. Yeah. Jump in, let's go around. I can agree, because I was also only, only a male growing up. Like, I was with my mom and my aunts, and then there was a point where it shifted, and my mom was, like, out of the picture. Mm. But I, but my dad left me with my aunts, so, like, I was still always, like, the only guy. So, like, I, I kind of would look to him as a source of it, and he was just always playing sports, so that's obviously manly. If you're not playing sports, you're not manly. Um, and then, like, always making sure he's, like, dapping his friends up. Like, I remember one time when I was younger, like, I'm a hugger. Like, all my guy friends know I'm always going to hug them. And he was like, you hugging so-and-so for too long. Like, you got to chill out. That's weird. And I'm just like, what? Like, would you be hugging her all, like, long? So what's the issue? But, um, yeah, so just looking at my dad. And so that's where I would see a lot of that stuff. But then, like, I don't think that, like, I viewed the man as, like, the power or, like, the, the breadwinner mm. because... Yeah, once once my mom was out of the equation, I could see like the role that she um, played, and kind of like supporting him. So I don't know. I don't. I don't view manhood as like, like, as like the only source of like strength in the household. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think about it in a way. Um, I was raised. I was blessed to have my pops in my life. Um, he was a great role model for me, and I know what it really is. My mother was the head of the household. <laughs> uh, so pops, Thanks. that's the difference between authority and power. My father mm. had the authority, my mother mm -hmm. had the power. Mm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> but what, what's Word interesting up. is that, you know, I was raised by both my mother and my father. I'm the only boy of five kids, but I've never been told more how to be a man or what a man should do or the, the phrase, as a man, you should, and then whatever comes after that, has been said to me more by women than men which is I always felt was interesting to me because my, my father, might, he might slap me. And there's a whole lot of words in that slap. Mm -hmm. My mother will say, as a man, you got to do this. As a man, you got to do that. So I'm getting raised on how to be a man or told what a man should be by somebody who doesn't necessarily know for absolute certainty this is what it should look like. That's what she wants it to look like. Mm. 
um, which which is a, is a positive thing in my eyes because it because it shaped me. But there's also the negativity around. Um, you know, she didn't have to go through that, so I can't make decisions or decide how somebody should be. Or as a woman, you should do this. I feel like I couldn't be able to speak to that. But as a woman, as a woman, she was able to do that for me because I was her son in this in, in that in that respect. Anybody else want to jump on that? Um. Uh, so, so I, I, I love, like, so what I'm hearing, right, um, is that uh, everybody is, 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 is the way we are defining it is not by what is being said, but it's by uh, what it is that we see. Mm -hmm. um, and, and men, we're visual, mm -hmm. right? We're, vi we're visual creatures, you know what I mean? And a lot of times we don't necessarily learn by, you know, we learn by auditory, but we also learn by vision and a lot of times us as men we isolate not isolate but we kind of draw back and observe and for me the way manhood was defined was uh my father uh being present like you know it was certain things that he kind of talked me through so it was not just the visual but it was him talking sharing you know what i mean why he did certain things now on the other end, like like you, my mom would also explain what it is that he was doing and why he would do it. You know what I mean? So um, I had that. I had a little bit balance, and and in our community, um, like for me, I had you know I had the benefactor of having both parents. Like you know, growing up, and my father, he was. Uh, I always talk well of my father because he number one, he was present. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, uh, he, he modeled what it is, not that just what I wanted, but what my friends wanted, you know what I mean? So I would go spaces and I'll go spaces now and they'd be like, what's up, man? How's everything going? How's your pops? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I've had that with my father and I had that with my, my grandfather and what that looked like for me was just their presence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They also, they did, they, they provided also, but it wasn't just provision as it pertains to uh, money, money yeah. but it was provision as it pertains to information. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They would open up, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They would, they would give me some type of information. And I was talking to some students today, is they would give me some information about me by sharing their history. You know what I mean? So I think a man's presence and then them having some insight on who they are, that's kind of what manhood is really about. I'm gonna um, piggyback off of what you said. Um, like you, I had a balance, but my balance was that I had a stepfather and a father. That I, li I lived with my mom and my stepfather. I didn't see my father as much, but my father was very hard, like in the street, um, fighter. He loved rap, you know, very hard. And my stepfather was on the other end of that. He was always reading like the Bible, the Quran, the Kabbalah. And he would teach me about energy and finding your center in yourself. And then I would see my father and he would teach me the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I had that balance of understanding that there's not only one way of being a man, um, there's ways you can go in manhood, but you don't have to be fit into one type of box. So Shane, so Shane, you kind of touched on something that I think is interesting, mm -hmm. and it's kind of compounding on your point. You just talked about um, teaching you what it meant to be a man, 
but we also got taught what it wasn't, right? Like what manhood wasn't, mm -hmm. right? So you just said, don't hug too long, mm -hmm. right? Um, I find that, you know, black men today, that's a big issue for us is learning how to have non-sexual physical contact yeah. with other men, right? Mm -hmm. uh, My father is very affectionate. Right, but that's not so the case with everyone. Affectionate as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, chill out. <laughs> how do we do that now? Like, how do we manage that now? The hood father. The hood father, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. He's well, I mean... Like, as far as being able to show affection, mm -hmm. being able to be affectionate towards your brothers, right? Loving, caring. I was always encouraged to be, like, expressive in that way. I was always told the opposite. Yeah. I was taught I was to, to, to not, you know, don't, you know, don't do things that will look like, well, it was gay, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and that was always this mm -hmm. looming fear for me mm -hmm. growing up is to mm -hmm. not look gay. Mm. Um, so I couldn't, and I always kind of thought about, mm -hmm. you know, what would I do, or what would my actions look like that would make mm -hmm. me look gay? Mm -hmm. And I never, you know, uh, saw myself as someone who was attracted to other men, mm -hmm. but I always feared uh, being perceived as such. So, you know, growing up, I like to dress how I dress, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was kind of, uh, before my time with dressing a little with the skinny jeans and the little t-shirts mm -hmm. before it was cool right. mm -hmm. So I got called gay. I you know, uh, you know dealt with a lot of scrutiny growing up in the hood You can't really do it. I used to catch a train to the city just to feel free in the village mm. I was free in the village. I was like I got a chance to be my my, my complete self mm -hmm. and then not that I was you know sexually uh, ambiguous in any way I just wasn't judged right. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that you find today? that you you're you have to work through as men right to kind of <clears throat> grow past those barriers that were probably put on us socially or by our parents like around what what that looks like because you know we talk about what it looks like but what 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 do we have to work through like what what isn't it well i mean i feel like men are coming around more than how we were back in like like the late 80s and 90s uh i grew up in north on the number streets, you know what I mean? If anybody know about the number streets hey, in Newark. I'm on one. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, that right there should just tell the tale from there. Um, I was grown, I was I grew up with a village, you know what I mean? Like my mother, my father was in my life. Granted, they separated, but I never looked at my father as a bad father. You know, he made sure I got into school, made sure I had food on the table. But the thing about it is, is that my father did not know how to be like warming. Affection. Like he didn't know how to be affectionate. Like I um, talk to him about something. It's like, it's either his way or the holler. Like, nah, you good, go do this and everything like that. That didn't take away from the hard work, you know, him working three Absolutely. jobs and stuff Absolutely. like that. So I, I told my father all this time, I'll never take that away from him. But the emotional intelligence piece, that's something that he was lacking, you know? How, you, how do you develop that today? Well, I developed that to, uh, to be honest, man, it, it just came from therapy. It just came from seasons of trial and error. It came from me just dropping this whole, I don't need to be tough. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be so hard. <laughs> I don't gotta be like, yeah, man, I'm from North, this, that, and third. Like, nah, brother, like, listen, man, I come to any type of brother, like, look, need to talk, need help, just not let you know I love you. And I'm able to open up to you just like you can open up to me. I'm a, I was able to be vulnerable after I say therapy when I found out I am crying like 13 years. That that taught me a lot. Like I was like I didn't open up mm -hmm. until my uncle passed when I was online. You know what I'm saying? 
And now it's like, I'm learning more about myself each day that it's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. It's okay to sit there and tell another brother I love you. It's okay to tell it's an, it's okay to hug another brother, mm -hmm. and you don't need uh, an excessive amount of time yeah. or constraint on how long you're supposed to hold them. Or it's okay to sit there and tell another young man like, look, man, you don't gotta wipe your tears, man. You showing strength right now. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the emotional intelligence piece is coming out a little bit more in this day and age, because I think a lot of men are trying to find themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us didn't know who we really were back then because we were taught a certain way. But that's not our parents' fault. It's a generation, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the generation piece is like, this is just how it was. Every generation changes. So that's how I look at things right now. It's just all about men really stepping up. Just what my brother Joe said, it's like, you know, that's, I think we at, we was at like a 70, 75, 25 when it came down to women. But for us to meet them with that other 25%, it's with the emotional intelligence piece, right? And I think that's where they had us over because they knew who they were. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a problem showing emotion. We did. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like emotion doesn't need to have a trait. It doesn't need mm -hmm. to be a, a male trait or, or a woman trait. It's just a trait mm -hmm. that you can just be open and honest of who you are mm -hmm. and not be judged about who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like that's how we need to be today. Nelly, man. Yeah, it's a real deep conversation, uh, making me think about a lot of different things. Um, one thing in particular, when we asked this question about um, what does it mean to be a man, and everyone's given their, their, you know, their thoughts and their pains about it, and I just want to have this, this question. When we talk about manhood, is there a separation from manhood versus, like, black manhood? Mm. You know, because a lot of things we talk about, like being hard, do we think that white men and Asian men and everyone else think about like being hard mm -hmm. qualifies you as to be a man? You know, a lot of things we're talking about, this is a lot about like blackness, you know, and what black people think is about being a man. And I think that goes all the way back to like slavery, you know, it goes back to um, even after that. What does it mean necessarily to be a man and why do we act the way that we do? And I love the way you just oppose it about how a lot of our definitions of manhood is like the opposite of what um, a woman is. And I think that's the same thing with this um, definition of what it means to be a black man. It's like sometimes it's the opposite of what a white man is. Mm. Uh, I, I wanna like, so yeah. to that point, right? I think what we as black men have done, we have taken on a westernization of mm. what manhood looks like, right? So um, like, so, Joe was talking about looking at Joe was looking at Joe was talking about looking at movies, right? And a lot of times we we have gotten our information from movies mm -hmm. and not knowing our own history. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like if you look at what John Wayne was, you know what I mean, and the way he positioned himself, how he stood, mm -hmm. a lot of people not white and black have looked at manhood in that westernized way mm -hmm. and we have taken on we have taken that on for instance the godfather the godfather is one of the hoods classics right you know what i mean and we but you know what i mean and we have took you know that westernized look or view or european look and view on how we should be fathered, you know what I mean, and, and, and things that we we do in our um, in our community. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to look at 
our mindset. You know what I mean? And that comes influence. from influence. Yes, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. that's knowing our history. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And knowing what what, what it's when you looks it's like. like it's when you categorize something. I, which, whatever you put into that category is going to follow that type of influence, if you get what I'm saying. So, like, once something is labeled like this, this is a, how the white women act. Most people do, like, the blonde girl boys, and you know what I'm saying? Or this is how this person is, this is how this person is, this is how this person is. It's easy for it to, you, your perspective, one, and then for everything else to just adapt to that um category or that label or that so it's just like dna like how you said and dna going back to slavery going back to trauma going back back to all these things and how hollywood is just so aggressive and putting slavery movies out and people black people being down and all of this stuff it's just easy for people to see it and just subconsciously just going with the flow and just being influenced by the homeboy this what they see on tv Mm -hmm. influence is really important and that's why, um, you know, just gotta breathe through it. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, like, that's that's where um, we, like, music, right? Like, a lot of the music artists that we put in our top fives, Frank White, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, our, they have alter, their alter egos are white dudes. Mm-hmm. And, the European man. you know what I'm saying? The European <laughs> man, the colonizers. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, those, like you said, like those are the things, and you said too, the influence that we see. So subconsciously, it's like, all right, boom, that's what I need to be to survive. Because mm-hmm. look, they made it. Look at them. They got the cars, they got the money, they got the women. That's what we need to do subconsciously. And that's what we looked at, and that's what has caused us to follow that, that, that avenue. And like Zelly was saying, like there's a difference between the black man and every other type of man that is out there because our lineage is different. And we not we just not realizing that. Because um, like you said, generationally, every generation we start to figure out, aha, this is a lie. You know what I'm saying? This is a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. This has all been a lie. Like even mm-hmm. the way we dress. Mm-hmm. We 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 put that design out there long ago. Mm-hmm. How to wash your ass. We even put that design out there long ago. Science, technology, math. We did that. So it's like us learning that at large is mm-hmm. the tough part. Because if we, we know it individually, mm-hmm. like you said, like you had two different um, mm-hmm. upbringings with two different types mm-hmm. of uh, males. But mm-hmm. it's like we all need that type of duality and embrace it. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'd be all remiss if we didn't put this in context. And thank you, Zelly, for um, helping us uh, keep it in context around this being a very... Uh, much uh, African uh, issue, right? Mm-hmm. A men of color thing. This is a this is a black man's I- issue, uh, mainly because of the impact of slavery, right? right. We, ca- we can't not add that into the mix mm-hmm. because it wasn't that long ago. It's right. easy for us to you know it phrase it as this black history kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I got a grandma who grandma raised her, who I remember, right? Who was a slave. Like really, like who remembers sharecropping, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's literally a few generations. It's not. It's not as mm-hmm. historical as we might want to want to mm-hmm. make it seem. Uh, so, so with that in context, every generation continues to abandon some of the things that we've 
inherited right. as a means to our survival, right? right. So you mm-hmm. talk about trauma, mm-hmm. and even today, and that's mm-hmm. the that's the that's the it's word here that we want to kind of move towards. Certain things that go way back. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that we that we keep that in context mm-hmm. because we are essentially uh, adapting to uh, uh, styles of living that may not be healthy for us if we're objective and look at this from a, a, a very plain point of view. But that doesn't mean that it's not helpful for us in the context of how we need to exist, right? So every generation, I feel like we're getting a little closer in abandoning some things that we've resorted to mm-hmm. for our survival. survival yeah. But now, now here we are amongst a cultural revolution of, of men of color saying, uh, wait a second, that doesn't necessarily serve me the best today. How brave am I gonna be in abandoning those same practices? Mm-hmm. And here's something that I've been working on um, uh, that I know has its roots in slavery, right? For, for one, let's kind of, let's, let's go back to this trauma thing. So PTSD, right? Mm. Uh, if I was in war, if I was away in Iraq and somebody got killed around me, I'd be blanketed with wraparound services, right? I'd be sent to therapy. I'd probably be allowed to come home. And before I went to work, I'd be supported, right? Uh, before I went to those workspaces. Right? Mm-hmm. For the fear that something could trigger my experience and I'd you know, kind of snap. Uh, so here we are now uh, in these spaces where this regular. Right, we all hear them things busting. This, this is brick city. We hear we hear gunshots, sirens, you know, overly stimulated. Uh, and I think in the back of our mind, there's this reality that the possibility of us being victimized is real, right? In our everyday, so we are now f- changing our behaviors to exist with survival in mind. Right. Yeah. What happens when we start to abandon those survival practices, right, and start to say? Uh, here's how I live my best life today. But Zelly, I don't think that a lot of people in different cultures have to factor that in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have an extra responsibility of learning how to essentially abandon things that may serve us mm-hmm. right. positively, mm-hmm. right? So for us to be alive. Right. So it's a balance. It's not necessarily a, a complete abandoning. I think that we have to balance how to factor in the possibility of us being victims Mm -hmm. in urban spaces where violence is high and still saying, you know what, in this space that doesn't serve me, let me put these layers down uh, because uh, I'm safe here or I need to be more expressive or I need to be more loving Mm -hmm. in certain spaces. Go ahead, jump in. No, I was gonna gonna say like, that's that's you make a great point because the other day I was having a conversation with someone and I was like, yo, we spend a lot of time in defense mode like, I feel like 98% of the time, probably. Uh, and we're so defensive, especially black men. Everything is, I, I was, I was. it wasn't an argument, but it was like a debate with a, a fellow black woman, right? Um, and it was like, uh, we were talking about traumas and things like that. I was like, okay, so if me and you walking down the street, right? And a white person is walking towards us. If I leave you on the sidewalk, she's not gonna shift to the side. She's not gonna shift away from you, you know? But if I'm walking on the same sidewalk as her, she's gonna clutch her bag a little bit. She's gonna feel a little tension because of how we're so used to being viewed a certain way. And so in retrospect, we're like, I I don't wanna 
have this look on my face because I don't want this white woman to be like. I'm clutching my bag if I see you. If I see two home, two three black dudes, men walking down. Exactly. I'm gonna still shift. Exactly. I'm a shift. Exactly. Or, or or you go on to the <laughs> other side of the the, the street, right? Yeah. Because of those those views. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend a lot of time surviving, and I feel like we're in a place where we got to start finding solutions to try to start living because, Driving. you know what I'm saying? Like we are, <laughs> like you said, like black men don't live that long. And there's factors that play in. Like, you know, there's a conversation I'm having with an older dude. He was like, yo, like a lot of my friends have died from heart attacks. Mm-hmm. And it was due to, well, bad eating, of course, but stress. The 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 stress factor of holding up this position as a black man in society that we have to constantly go back and forth and not know how to deal with our emotions, how to be a defender, um, a, a, a protector. Because a lot of us, I mean, I see it. A lot of us don't know how to protect even ourselves. So it's like we automatically from birth, you're a protector. You gotta protect this house. You gotta protect everyone in this in old. this in this in this place. You know what I'm saying? Whether you are um, uh, a straight man or a gay man or bisexual or whatever you uh, identify yourself with, automatically in that household, you are the protector. Yeah. You know, and that's why I was having a conversation with my brother and saying like, "Yo, we don't connect with our brothers who are on the spectrum enough because I feel like we've adopted that." that whiteness to separate ourselves and say, nah, you're not, you're not man enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a part of the survival part. When it's at, when, when, when we actually should be embracing those parts of each other, because that's what makes us, to me, a real man. Um, because being vulnerable and being able to connect with each other, you know, and on, on the side, like I have a lot of conversations with my brother Shane and me and him, I feel like I have a strong brotherhood with him because I feel like I've embraced him in not judging him at all, you know? And I feel like when we sit there and judge each other for our sexualities and, 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 and not looking at the full spectrum of how a person lives and who they are as a person, yeah. we focus too much on the wrong things and that's what the survival part comes in. Yeah, I, it's so crazy you say that. I wanted to go back to when you said about protecting the house. It's so crazy how they saying we need to protect our house when our house was not even in order to protect. Mm. So it's like we're, we're giving all these narratives about, oh, okay, we need to be in this certain strand, but we was technically in emotional incarceration for some years, right? And then it's so crazy that you talk about Shane. Like, Shane is like my little brother. However, if you would have asked me if I was to chill with somebody like Shane back in high school, nah. no. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Shane would have never been a part of my circle. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm sorry to use so strong words, but these are just the people that I, I hung around with. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? I was hanging around athletes. I was hanging around hood dudes. Jocks, like, yeah. I sat there and took the, the 73. And I went. And the crazy thing about it is I went to all boys school. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was diverse. I went to Seahawks Hall Prep. Very it was diverse. it was it was mm-hmm. 80 85 percent predominantly white, mm-hmm. and then everything else just fell in the melting pot. Mm-hmm. And then I took that 73 there, and I took the 31 back up the uh, hill to the number back street. Home, yep. So it's like I saw what my father was trying to do to have me like have a different environment and see how other people live. 
But it didn't change uh, the place that I live where the street lights had to come. When you when when the street lights come on at seven o'clock, mm -hmm. your ass had to be home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or or the gang affiliations, or certain clothes you had to wear, certain way you had to dress, certain way you had to act. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it also comes with, you know, I was seeing bullying for the first time. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yo, what the hell is this? Right. When I had an upperclassman, thought he can try me because he was, he was older than me, asked me that, you know what, let me get your lunch money. And he was white. That was the that was the most that was that was very scary at the time because I had two different mindsets. One, I mean, you know, you talk about movies. You know, I was thinking about slavery and how they used to call us niggas and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm from the number streets. Do you know who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> so it's That's like tap yeah. So it was those two mindsets. So I end up seeing dude. After school, you know how you say, yo, meet me at the playground at 245? Mm -hmm. So, but the thing about it is, is that I got called into the dean's office. I got in trouble. They called my father. My father came to the school off of getting off of work, saying, yo, your son is being a menace. And my son, and my father asked me what happened. I was like, dad, he called me a nigga. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he threatened to take my lunch money. But you know what's so crazy with this whole story? When I got home, my father still whooped my ass. Because he was like, yo, you should never let another man, I don't care if they white, black, whatever, you should never let another man take you out of your character. Mm. And, and, and that resonated with me so much that I was just like, damn. I mean, our, 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 our ancestor took so much and, and, and so much bullying, so much emotionally incarceration that they were controlled by these, these slave owners. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I look at Shane now, compared to what I used to be, I'm like, yo, why was I not chilling with him before? He was somebody that you needed to be around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are brothers These are brothers that I need to have around, because you know what? He's free-spirited. He's yeah. comfortable in his own skin. Right. And I love that about him. Right. And that's why I, I could even adopt him as my little brother, because it's like, I, I love what he stands for. Right. He stands for everything that, of, and that's why I feel like, what is the true definition of a man? Right. Do we even have something that we can say that's it only in one book? Um, so I, I, I have a question, right? So because we're talking about protection, right? And um, and for me, is it, is the the baseline of of protection is being safe. Um, do we as black men feel safe? You know what I mean? Like just nah. With with you know. So 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 the struggle is is that we don't feel safe, but you're asking me to be a protector. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how can how 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 can I live in a space mm. to protect somebody and I'm not safe? You know what I mean? So that's where our struggle really is. You know what I mean? I want to speak to that um, because when we talk about safety, I think that there's this perpetual systematic uh, oppression that happens that prevents us from this, right? Um, so black men lead all statistical, whatever you want to talk about. I could talk about incarceration. I could talk about homicides. I could talk about suicides. I could talk about uh, detention rates. I could talk about uh, educational disparities. I could talk about Whatever you want to pretty, whatever you want to talk about, we're leading those disparities, right? So I think that systematically, 
what this Western culture has been designed to do is succeeding, right? Like it's effective, right? Like it's uh, it's. 13th Amendment, right? It's stressing us out. It's, like that's what it's created right. for. It's literally designed to eliminate people of color. I hate to say this like that, right? But this system is designed to no, eliminate people of color. You need to know it. Yeah, right? You gotta call it out. And we gotta call it what, what it is. It's systemically them. designed to advance the people who designed it, right? Who, who, who it's designed to, you know, protect, and that's not us. So, 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 so to that point, right? There's a scripture that says a house divided won't stand. And what happens is, is that the reason to, a reason we really don't feel safe is because we're not coming together. We feel isolated. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, as men, because you live in your world, you live in your world, you live in your world. You know what I mean? You live in Patterson. I live in, in Union. You live in Newark. You know what I mean? So I'm just isolated in my world. So now I'm unsafe as opposed to us coming to this table, now is some safety because I got my brothers here to help me and I'm able to just talk, talk. Like that's, a, that's the first step for safety, us being able to share. Right, you know what I mean? And that's mm. what this is, uh, Zelly. And then we're gonna switch topics. I don't wanna run this too late, oh, no, right? No so, yeah. um, you know, I wanna be respectful of everybody's time. You could jump in and then we wanna- move Yeah, on definitely. I like the topic about um, safety because we're talking about like all different aspects of safety, like physical safety, emotional safety, financial safety. And I think what comes along with this is, is capitalism, right? And mm -hmm. capitalism promotes this false sense of this scarcity, right? That there's a scarce amount of resources. So when black men or anybody in particular gets access to resources, instead of sharing that information and bringing people together, they hold tight to it. Hold that thing. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that we need to talk about because even though we do want to network with one another and we always bring out these ideas like let's network with one another, in actuality, we're really not networking, not. right? And if we do network, it's only for my benefit. It's not necessarily for your benefit. For yeah. our benefit, it's for my benefit. Yeah. And a lot of that is is like all of these things are really just rooted in fear and mm -hmm. like fear of the unknown. And like you were talking about just like people collaborating, people sharing experiences or talking to people who's in this world and that world. It's just like people don't understand. Like they're afraid to try something new. They're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I could be comfortable being from my hood and existing in that behavior and doing what I'm comfortable doing, mm -hmm. if it's negative, I'm still gonna quote unquote do it. But I think people gotta like let the fear down, open up and be vulnerable, and just like start to really unpack where you're from. Cause once you have that knowledge yourself, I feel like it'll allow you to kind of open up and not really care about what other people think. Like I know that in my house, I'm Jamaican. So manhood in Jamaica is like 10 jobs. It's like, you know, womanizer, mm -hmm. having multiple baby mamas. Um, and then anyone who's like, it, like like when I'll be wearing like flowers or something, like, like what's wrong with this guy? Like, why are you trying to be soft? So like, mm -hmm. we gotta let like the fear of it go and understand like, we're just expressive, creative people from the beginning. And like doing those self care practices really opened up my whole idea of knowing who I am. And Can you I, talk about that? Self-care, self -care, yeah. So like, I think when I like, something like as simple as my hair. My hair is an extension of me. It's like my antennas. It's like my way to connect with the, my ancestors in a, in a sense. And taking care of my hair 
is a part of me making sure that I'm good. It's just like when you take a shower every day and you wear deodorant to make sure that yourself is good. Me taking care of my hair is like a part of my maintenance and my expression. But then there's also like meditating, breathing, journaling, writing my thoughts out, getting them out of my head, putting them on paper, reflecting on my thoughts so I could see my patterns. Like, but I talk to a lot of my my black male friends. I don't like writing. I don't like writing or about journaling. Or, journaling. or journaling, journaling, journaling. diary. Yeah. I want a diary. Like they think that that's strange, but there's power in writing because you can notice patterns and also just get to see how your mind works. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, you, you, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. All right. I, I think the, the issue too is a lot of black men. I, I, I've been struggling with like my friends who are older and they start rapping. Um, <laughs> you know, it seems funny, but. At the same time, these brothers, they're sharing their emotion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that, them. yes, and that's the only time some of them are vulnerable. That mm -hmm. is literally the mm -hmm. only you see time what I'm saying? that so, I know men to do it. So when you talk about, you know, being able to journal, if we could just understand that a lot of men using that creativity is their time of vulnerability. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we <laughs> but let's talk about the content of these songs because, like, what me effing this B and this B and that, like, majority of them is like that. But I hear what you're saying. Like, no, I mean, some I, people be talking about gangs and killing, and they let it out like that. But I'm saying, take it a step further for but, yourself. But, 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 but so, so the the point is, is that is that they're expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. They're being they're, they're being creative. Now it comes like with with us saying, all right, let's. Let, right. let, let's take it a step further. A step further. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the next step. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's not, you talking about journaling. All right, you already expressing yourself. Let's take it a step further. Like, I want to hear some some content really about you. Mm -hmm. What happened when the girl left? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think we, that's our, you know what I mean? Because you have that knowledge yourself. Now we have to just start talking to these brothers and saying, like, you know, and I, let's start. And know. I think it's also important to realize that Working on yourself is not easy. It's not. No, it's like, not at all. Like to to sit down and to like, cause these are these are the things that my stepfather taught me when I was young. Like he would teach me about how to quiet my mind and go in and imagine. First, we started out with like imagining a life, right? This I did like I'm trying to piece it together. Like I always try to go back and think about it, but like um. Cause he passed, so mm. um, so yeah, we used to. He, I used to imagine like certain things, and then like I, as I would grow up, I would realize that oh shit, like I kind of imagined kind of this some of this stuff that we were like going on, going through, and um, he kind of taught me to like break down um, the physical human part of me, and kind of go into a space where I was just like free thinking, like just free movement, Word. free creating. And like understanding that's way that's 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 way before he even like talked about like the Bible and stuff like that mm -hmm. and started to put together like human real world situations. Like he wanted it to be like just a clean, malleable state. And I say mm -hmm. that because when you talk about creativity, that's not that's kind of like a feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Because when you're creative, you have to let your energy and you have to let your mind and you have to like have your hands in that clay, mm -hmm. which and you can't like do open. if you're thinking about paying this bill or being a protector and doing all this stuff, it takes, you got to go into a space where you let that feminine energy kind of charge up, mm -hmm. where you could like start to create and put things together and see, see movies in your head and stuff like that. So um, that's an outlet to start up 
and open up like that door to kind of tap into that like creative part, you know? Cause like, you know when you get creative and you get like those chill bumps and you feel like you heard something, you get chill bumps, you watch something and you get chill bumps and you get that fire. Like once you get it more and more and more, you feel like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm mm -hmm. on the right track. And then you start to like be like, fuck that. I don't gotta do, do all this, do all that. I know what I'm doing. I feel sure I get, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. My, my question to y'all is, I mean, even though I had something um, that I wanted to uh, touch on that, how are y'all reaching the youth today in reference to having them trying to find their way now in reference to the trauma that they're going through? Since I guess we are a men are that comfortable in our own skin, how are y'all preaching this word? That's why I came to this today, because I've been, um, I kind of just go off, like, influence, and, like, whoever I'm around just try to be myself 100%. Right. Um, but... I haven't had this type of opportunity yet. <laughs> so this but, is a good Well, you said it. Start. Being authentic is the yeah, first step in it. You got to right. be real. You got to show who you are. Because when, like, there's beauty and authenticity, because authenticity is vulnerability. So if you're vulnerable with the youth that you serve, it creates a space for them to be a bit more receptive to what it is that you're trying to teach. And, like, a big thing when I work with young people, I don't, do as much talking at first. Like I'm, I try to do as more, a little bit of listening and observing and seeing like the behaviors and the patterns. And they will just tell you what's going on when you like show up for them. But then obviously like I got to do my research too and pay attention to what they're watching, what they're listening to, mm -hmm. like what reality shows they're watching. Cause like that's another layer of influence that's teaching manhood for some of these kids yeah. too nowadays yeah. um, in social media, but like that's kind of my approach. I was going to say, like, because I have a son, he's uh, seven, um, he's getting to a point where he's becoming his own person. And I'm starting to see that <laughs> he's developing so fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm being cognizant of what I say, how I say it, um, when it comes to discipline practices, how to discipline. Um, because I realized that <laughs> this might sound crazy because beating your child isn't the only answer, right? <laughs> but it's how you, I, I, I use the word beat because that's the word we know contextually, right? Um, but disciplining him in a way where it's like explaining to him why this was wrong, right? Um, us growing up, it was like, nah, you did it fuck you up, mm -hmm. and then that's it. There's no explanation. There's like, nah, you was wrong. There was no explanation on why. And we forget that children, they don't know. Like, as far as like, um, it being like, all right, if I do this, this is gonna happen. The only way they're gonna find out is if they do it. So if we tell them beforehand, like, yo, like before, you know the fire thing, put your hand in the fire thing, you burn yourself or whatever. Sometimes they gotta learn on their own. But where we come in is that example, that explanation, like, yo, this is why this is wrong, this is why I'm disciplining you, and this is why you have to sit with what you did and learn that you cannot continue to do this. Mm -hmm. Because not just for me, I'm, I don't wanna beat you because that's what I wanna do. I'm showing you that this is wrong, and here's, here's why. Um, and me having a child, raising them, um, as a single parent, I'm trying to figure out different ways to discipline him outside of the normalities that we got disciplined. I mean, as I look around, we turned out pretty okay, you know? 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, I feel you, but I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, the spectrum, I don't see someone at this table or hear somebody at this table that has, uh, you know, killed someone that I don't know of. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not that aggressive to the point where it's, like, detrimental. But even though we're all fucked up, um, you know. So, so Joe, um, now, when you're talking about children, you know, number one, I'm a father. I'm a father of four. My son, so my oldest, he's about to graduate high school. Congratulations. And then my, my youngest son, he's about to go. So I have four, so my, my youngest son. I'm sorry. My youngest son, he's about to go to uh, to the ninth grade. And now when we're talking about discipline, um, I think there's a difference between discipline and, and punishment. Right? Um, and I think what I try to practice is my self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And model that in front in front right. of them. Right, exactly. So, uh, so I know at times, you know, my my ex wife, you know, we've worked through a lot of things. But at times, you know, she she can emote. She could, and I and I practice how to be uh, a little bit more uh, manageable in my approach with them. So one of the things that I would do is, if I knew that they was going through something, mm. I would sit down. I would eat with them. And I would just talk. Converse, yep. Yeah, yep. and I just lay everything out. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just keep on talking. Keep until we figuring out. Until, until, until they could just break it down. Let now, it yep. if it was something that I had to kind of get buck at them, you know what I mean? I would. I never really had to beat my children. Right. Um, so. I would step to them, though. I would let them feel my presence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they kind of understood what it was. Right. You know, so... I think for me, what I've learned was that my presence spoke more than me just beating them. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was my presence and me talking them through certain things. You know what I mean? So that really helped, you know, my children and that helped me, right. you know, as it for, pertains to that. For me, it was a big part of, you know, taking morality out of things. So you was talking about, you know, I'm, I'm explaining to you why you did this. But for me, if, I mean, I remember being a kid and people weren't honest with me and they would say, you know, you did this wrong thing. And then there was all these things about what does that mean? My mother, she did a great job of taking morality out of it. Fuck this was wrong or right. You did this. You made a decision to do this thing. I said, don't do it. And you decided to do it. So that comes with this. Right. So I think a lot of young people are afraid to go tell something because they're afraid of, oh, you're going to think I did something wrong. You're going right. to look at me different. Right. That's different than letting a young person know you made a decision. You had an op- opportunity to either say, I'm, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You know in your head that it's wrong. Right. But if we take the morality out of it and just be honest with kids, not right. just start saying the things yeah, that are yeah. supposed to be said. Yep. You know, oh, I'm going to say this because it's the right answer. Yeah. I, mean, I felt terrible. A kid asked me, oh, I was getting interviewed by a bunch of young people. He said, if you could go back and time and you could change something, what would you change? The right answer is I wouldn't change anything because everything I did led me to here. Every mistake, every good thing, every bad thing, every relationship led me here. But that's bullshit. I just lied to a kid's face. (laughs) I really did. But that's the thing, though. You're supposed to say this. Give it to him straight. You're telling me if you could go back in time, you would not meet somebody? Stop lying to people. Just be real and just tell somebody for real. Word. You know what? I would probably not meet your mama or something like that. I mean, that, that's an extreme. That's an extreme case. But that was extreme. But be real. Tell the kid what they truth, really need though, to hear. That, that's my truth. truth. Yeah, but don't, don't shun somebody. Truth. Take the morality out of it. Yeah. Just, just be Not real. Truth. Be yeah, be honest. Truth is the key. But then you gotta also remember the, like the people they're hanging around with too, right? Like, but that, we also have to realize that as well. Like, we're not trying to be around people that are just whispering sweet nothings in our ear. We trying to be around people that's going to give us the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And But then also, 
I mean, I'm hearing two great fathers and stuff like that. What about the kids that ain't got no fathers? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would you relate to them? And then also, it's just like, it's there if it's even if there is their season to even listen yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like I would, yeah, that's another thing you gotta remember. You gotta even also remember, right? And then you also gotta remember about what type of household they coming in. I remember coming into an event that someone was talking about how they grew up with someone. They all grew up in the hood, right? But their, one of their best friend's father was an attorney. And then he ended up becoming an attorney. He was like, yeah, we always knew you was gonna be, you know what I mean, the next Joe Schmo and everything like that, next Johnny Cochran and everything like that. He was just like, that actually wasn't what I wanted to be, but that's what I saw. Influence. I, exactly. Yep. He came in the house, he seen briefcases. He seen his father watching CNN. He seen his father going over different legislation. I was just gonna say, you just said, mm -hmm. talking about exactly. seeing. Talk about being like you, but we always say, lead by example. Like, that's why I don't always be sitting around telling people. I'm just be like, this is what I'm doing. This right. is what I'm doing. Right. You have the power of choice watch to it. choose. Yeah, watch what I do, and you can learn from my it's actions. But like, this is why social yeah. media is But so even big. with these kids, you gotta influence. show them consistency too. Right. Yo, I wanna like switch. Said, I wanna switch, switch topics a little bit. Okay. A little bit. I need a piece. Uh, that's <laughs> nah, just cause. Coming full circle. Nah, I wanna edit that out. So this, we gonna wrap up on this last thing, and I want everybody to touch on it, right? Uh, because I feel like it's something we don't talk about enough, right? And that's uh, that's uh, uh, how we manage relationships. Um, what kind of relationships? So intimate relationships. Work relationships? Uh, <laughs> intimate relationships, right? Oh, and oh, I, oh, oh, okay. I say that because uh, we're taught certain things about how we should interact with the opposite sex, how we should approach them, how we should uh, be around them looking at chicks when they walk by us, you know, it's something we all have learned, right, culturally, but I've made it my business to abandon certain practices that don't serve me well, right? So I don't care how bad she is, I'm not checking her out. I'm not looking at the ass when she walked by me just because I know I was conditioned to do that, right? So when a chick walked by me, I know y'all laughing like, look, I, I. Right, liar. But I'm dead, I'm dead serious. I'm not turning around. I've just made it my business to respect women right. enough to not objectify them in that way, right? So, so, and that's just one small microcosm of how we have kind of uh, approached uh, how we learn to love, right? And I'm not just talking about heterosexual relationships. I'm talking about love in general. So I want us to touch on something real quick just about because black women out here, you know, they the main ones saying, uh, watch these fuck boys. Yeah. We're not talking to these guys who are not <laughs> learning how to respect us who, and they dealing with all this toxic stuff, right? Uh, so I think now black men are have a, a new responsibility to tap in in a level that we haven't before, right? A certain level of vulnerability. All right, let's put it like this. If emotions had a spectrum, and on one far end of the spectrum was the ability to not show it or be completely stoic, I think in a lot of ways we've mastered it, right? right? But along the other end of the entire spectrum is someone who is overly affectionate or overly emotional, right? There's this entire in-between. I feel like halfway through the spectrum, we don't allow ourselves to even begin to explore because that, Im that involves, like you said, a certain level of freedom, mm -hmm. right? What's it like to be jovial, right? How silly do you look being completely ecstatic, mm 
yeah. right? You have to surrender to a certain degree your body, how you're being perceived, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like we master this spectrum when, when we feel pain, we master it. We don't show we it. it. We don't deal with it. We mask it. We suppress it. But then there's this level of how in tune can you get yeah. when you know you feel it? How deeply can you allow yourself to feel? I'm just getting to that. I know that I've had some relationships that have suffered from my inability to tap in, yeah. right? Emotionally, I'm going to be a buck. I'm a, I, I, I've struggled with allowing myself to empathize with other people because I grew up, yo, tighten up. Like, it don't work, <laughs> tighten up. Right and 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 now where I am now I have a daughter who's eight years old and um, she's the toughest little thing I ever seen. Right, she falls down. I'm alright, Dad. I'm alright, and I'm just like, you don't want to cry a little bit? Like, let me rub it. And she's like, No, I'm good, Dad. Like, and I'm just like, Well, I'm gonna cry for you. You know, like, can you? Are you okay? And I'm I'm finding myself to be. And, and only having a daughter has taught me this, but I just want to kind of, you know, throw that out here in context. Uh, how have your relationships been impacted by what you've learned about how to be emotional, uh, how to show love? And I want us to, you know, I mean, not go too crazy on it, but I want us all to kind of share a little bit and then we can wrap up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I've done this class. It's called the Master of One. The what? Master of One. Okay. And in that, I, I, I did this, this small talk called uh, No Man Wants to Dance Alone. And in that, I've, uh, I, I started taking salsa. I got it from hey. a couple of things. I, I started taking salsa. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I did that, number one, because we, I wanted to be freer, right? I wanted to learn how to dance. But... In in the process, I learned how to how to lead. How to lead. You know right. what I mean. And and what what I learned in in the, in that space was number one, we come from a culture where when we see a a, a, a young lady, we, we, they want to dance. We just jump up on behind. You know what I mean. But this was different because was, I had to walk up to a sister. I, I had to look her in the eye. Mm -hmm. Had to ask her for her hand. Yeah. And then. And then I then I, I had to learn how to dance, right? So so I, I kind of broke it down for especially for men. You have men like like I say, there's four type of men who come to your party, right? Um, you have mm -hmm. the person that observes. Mm -hmm. You have the person who uh, who when their first song comes on, their song that they like, that you know what I mean, last song, whatever, they dance, yeah. but they get back in pocket. Then they have you have that person in the swag circle, but they usually dance with their boys. But then you have that one, that last person who wants to dance with that lady. You know what I mean? And that's like the lover, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've learned in, in salsa was how to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I had to connect face to face. Now, if I didn't lead correctly, she wasn't going to follow. You know what I mean? But there's also times when I was dancing with other women, you know, that she would lead, but yep. I still looked like I was leading. Yep. You know what I mean? So you, you've, you've done I salsa. used to do ballroom salsa. dancing so, for like eight yeah. years. So, so salsa is, 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 a deeper, is, is a deeper connection yeah. that yeah, you yeah. have to have. You know what I mean? It's all about body so, language. So, so, so and, and, and then you, there's a gentle, there's a gentleness. So it's all about, mm -hmm. all about that. You know what I mean? So, so I've been learning in, in the midst of that, I've learned how to um, be present in the moment with who I'm with. I learned how to connect 
with who I'm with. And then it also taught me how to lead and fall back at the same time. Because no matter with you, who, who you're with, there's going to be times when she's going to lead and then you're going to leave. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You got to be okay so, with that. And, yeah. and, and, but you want to be in sync. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the thing. You want to be in line. Yeah, go ahead, Shane. Yeah, shout out to Ballroom. That's, that's what I used to do that. They used to make fun of me, think I was gay, but they were right. But, <laughs> but um, essentially, relationships. I, again, looked at my parents, and then I looked at the women in my life, and I would be like, oh my gosh, a lot of them, either they were in, like, their, their partners may, like, have left at a point, or then my dad, who was just always dating somebody, just can never be consistent with a partner. So that affected me because um, even when I, even when I would like date girls, I'd be like, oh my God, she's going to want to be in something forever. Like, I don't want to do this. And I'd be like, I can't do this. Or, but then I think, oh, a guy going to think like me. He's going to just want to be like, whoop, whoop, and keep it pushing. So then when I was faced with like an emotional male, I was like, whoa, what is going on? Like, this is weird. Like, I don't really know what to do here. And I noticed a pattern that I would just be <laughs> a manonizer <laughs> instead of a womanizer. And, but that's just what I thought was a man to just be out here in these streets. So then, you know, shout out to whoever is here around now. They have like helped me out and allowed me to be vulnerable and open up emotionally because like, again, I, I really had my mentality right that like, oh, if I was emotional, I'm being the woman. I don't want to be the girl in this. Like, I got to be the guy in this. But like, what is a guy in this when we're both guys? Like, it's just, you got to be vulnerable regardless of any relationship that you're in. Like, you're dealing with another person's heart, their mind, their soul. Like, you have to feel for them the same way that they feel for you. So... Like, if anything, this was probably the most deep emotional thing that I've, like, been in ever. Um, and that just shows me, like, people got to, like, get over it because love is love, you know? And if somebody is just going to open themselves up for that and they're willing to do it, it's scary. But it's, it's beautiful. I, I was going to say living um, in a household with someone who's bisexual, um, I, I've always been open about, like, people like whoever you are I'm gonna take you for whoever you are um, but actually living with someone that I'm related to and them coming to me for advice relationship advice mm -hmm. and I'm like um, what am I supposed uh, to do <laughs> I don't know what to tell know. you right but as we continue to have conversations it's like yo talking about a person yeah literally and um and as we're as we're speaking I'm like man this person's in love, and I can speak to that to them, no matter who they're in love with. So learning that, I'm like, man, this 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 really opens up my eyes to to relationships and even help me out as far as like who I need to be mm -hmm. as a as a person, not just a man, but a person, and um, to the to the next person that I need to be with. Um, and shout out to the person that I'm trying to get to know now, because like you were saying, like. They've helped me see that in order for me to open up, I have to let go of that <laughs> that that wall yep. of like expectation of like, yo, I have to be a certain way. I have to be the man in, in this, this. Yeah. instead of being in sync. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being okay with letting this person lead at a lot of times when 
I got to stop acting like I know everything right. and let them teach me. And that's the point of vulnerability. Vulnerability. Right? Exactly. And, but you, and, and the struggle, I think, for us men, the struggle for us men is that uh, we don't want to give that vulnerability up. Right. You know what I mean? Now, if you, and that's where trust comes in. You know what I mean? Because in our, do we feel safe? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a full circle kind of guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah, so I mean... Yeah, because because for because for men because no because for men because for men for men we need we need safety we need safety women need it too you know what I mean but we we want it just as much as them yeah and I I was gonna say and I feel like we we're so, we were talking about this earlier men we're so good at masking it is an art it's like ah uh, no I'm alright like we think like women think we're so cold blooded. That we low key, we hurt. <laughs> we be hurting. So, but don't sleep though, you know, because women women have some of those attributes when they have them one worded. Oh, of course. Okay. okay. No, but that's Fine. what I'm saying. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's, more, of yeah, but yeah. Uh, but, no, uh, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're. The, they show it. Yeah, you can see right. it. Correct. <laughs> we hide shit. Nah, and then it shows up as stress. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know. But I was. But I would say this though. Um, I think I saw. It was that Netflix special when I used to watch TV because I just stopped watching TV now. But uh, where Chris Rock did his thing and he was talking about how that you and your significant other are like a band, right? Play the tambourine. Play the tambourine. (laughs) Some people do not want to play the tambourine. Some people always want to be the lead singer and do never want to be in the background (laughs) playing the tambourine. That shit makes so much sense, though. And the thing is with men... You know, because we're taught to lead, for the, uh, right? Women are killing it. You know what I mean? And some of the women, and, and now we we like mm. we trying to figure it out, and we don't want to play that tambourine. We, you know what I mean? We have to be supportive of them just as yeah. much as th- we want them to be right. supportive be of us. Yeah. But you know what? But this goes with what I said back in seasons, right? So I think with my old job, I was just so busy ripping and running, like I didn't even know about anything about emotions and shit like that. I just knew about. I need to make sure I get these bills paid. I need bag. to make, yeah, I gotta get, I make sure I'm securing this bag. So when I come home, I didn't know that I was bringing my BS from home to work. To, to not even just work, I'm bringing, I'm bringing my work to home, literally. Mm. Like my, my issues, mm. it's like yeah, my, it was, it's like my, yeah. signif- my past significant other was expressing her issues, I mean, expressing my emotions. I'm sitting there saying all this stuff, but these are the emotions that I was really wanting to express. Cry, pain, scream, all this. And then after therapy, I realized this is who I was. But it was a snowball effect of shit that I was going through, right? Especially you was talking about how black men are dying at a young age. I lost my boy, 30 years old, heart attack. And he was about to propose to his girl and give birth that same weekend. That's one. Two. My ex and I broke up three and a half years. Three, I was unemployed for six months. Four, I was going through family. I had a snowball effect of shit mm-hmm. that I never had in my life. And I didn't know how to deal with that and realize like how to, how, how to adjust. And that's when I started doing journaling. That's when I started looking up things about astrology and aligning myself with the universe, chakras. And I never did that shit before. Like I didn't know nothing about that shit. I was just like, yo, fuck all this. I'll be fine. Get money. <laughs> Do whatever I gotta do, but then it was about changing my environment, yeah. changing my ways, changing changing the way I think. 
Right. And then the thing about that's when the emotional intelligence piece came in, right? right? And I didn't realize that I didn't love myself. Like, how can you give love when you, like, once again, how can you give love when your shit ain't even in order? Right. You can't, you giving half-ass emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm -hmm. and some of it, and you know what? We know people out here that don't even realize that they're still going through shit. Right. Mm -hmm. We do. Because we 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 you you we we feel people's energy, like it's to the point I don't need to have a wall up. I tell people now that I don't need to have a wall up. I see more caution tape than ribbon cuttings. You seen the ribbon cutting? Now work for the city, so I mean yeah, like but back then it was just caution tape. It was more it was more funerals than weddings. You know what I'm saying? Like it was not it was not I do's. It was like. Goodbyes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I was I was gonna I was gonna touch on what was I, what was I, was I was saying earlier. Say something, but I forgot. Cause I know what he was saying. I, I was gonna say what he was saying. What he was saying earlier about like it takes courage to get to know who you are, right? Cause a lot of people don't know who they are. And I was gonna say the energy that we put in certain things, um, I feel like we have to start changing what we speak about you know, and how we speak about it. Because the blueprint is there for us when we talk about money, cars, and women. But there's no other blueprint for us to speak about. Mm -hmm. The soul stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes. the, yeah, because we, you know, we set in the blueprint, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, we have to change what we talk about, how we talk about it, and when we talk about it. Because I feel like men, we do come together just in... Uh, those areas that we shouldn't be coming together as much, as much at, in, yeah. you know? You look at the barbershops, you look at a basketball court, you look Great at the sports club. fields, strip clubs, you know? Um, we come together, right. it's just what we put the energy into when we come together right. and talk about it's it. So we need to change that, that, that spectrum, you know? And even the way that we even talk about things because yep. the whole thought process, even like securing the bag, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think we, th we treat women as bags, too. It's like, mm. we secure them. Talk about it, bro. Talk but about we're not, it. like, Talk maintaining it. it. You know, Talk like, we it. got them there in the home, but we're not <laughs> nurturing it. We're not sustaining the relationship. We're not cultivating it. And I think right. that's the main problem, where it's like, you're ripping and running, and you're not realizing your relationship's falling apart. Mm. You know? You're not checking in on your woman, like, every mm. single day and see how she's doing. You know? Mm. You're not really growing that relationship. And I think that's one of the problems that we have as, um, as men, that we don't really know how to cultivate relationships. You know, we just think that we got the girl, that's it. That's it. That's it. Next that thing. The cultivation you know? stops when, whenever you got her. Right. When she said, yeah. The cultivation I, I was the dating. 18, yeah. yeah. I know who she is. I got her. Yeah. I got her. Yeah. You know, like, all, that, going all that was gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm real quick, my, before you jump in, I'm, I'm, I'm a different person than I was a year ago. And I mean, if my girl would treat me the way that I was a year ago, we, it wouldn't work out. Cause I'm like I'm not there no more. So you can't beat me. You can't keep me small. You can't beat me over the head with things that I don't do no more. Places I don't go. People I don't be with. So you, we gotta continue to relate to them in the same way as well. And I've never. I'm, I'm hard headed. So I don't learn from things unless I go through something stupid. Like I, I broke my hand at the end of last year. I shattered my knuckles because I was mad and I punched the wall. But going through that taught me patience. So now like if I'm having conversations, I can't have conversations in the same way because people relate to me the way they used to relate to me, and I, I don't speak that way no more. I don't relate to people that way no more. He's not, brother was saying he into chakras and stuff now. If your old self could see you, you might have judged yourself, like, oh, he on that weird shit now. <laughs> but we got, we got to be okay with letting people develop and grow to who they are along with ourselves, because like you were saying, you can't love somebody unless you love yourself. 
But if you judging everybody on, oh, he doing that weird shit, he on that Black Lives Matter, or he on this, or he, or he gay now, or all, all these different things, then we, we judge people, I can't hang out with him because he don't do this thing no more. We gotta allow people to develop and grow and just move with them, or not, just decide, either shut up or keep moving. Yeah, you don't gotta one, say nothing. One thing, uh, too, is when we, when we think about women, right, women love to see growth, mm -hmm. right? And, and when we talk about cultivation, sometimes we, are stuck, you know what I mean? Energy. And and sometimes we're not able to cultivate something because we're stuck. Mm -hmm. So we have to st start growing and, and being self-developing ourselves. Right. You know, we have to realize who we are, where we at, and then re realize where we're going. And that takes time, you know what I mean? But, you know, and then when we're able to do that, you're able to teach your woman you, you know, or the person that you're in a relationship with, you know who you are. Now you're teaching them. Now it makes it more of an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're teaching them you as you're growing. More receptive. Yeah. You could be more receptive. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fellas. Uh, it's nine. Um, I'm thankful, yo. This is yeah. this is amazing. This yeah. is really really helpful, really insightful. Right. Um, I guess we're pretty much done with the but yeah. I'm just thankful for you guys, man. Like, oh, seriously yeah. thankful for you guys Absolutely. because this is the beginning of something that I think is going to be really amazing. Word. So thank you guys so much. Well, I, just, <laughs> I, just think I do my dumbest work. Right. Just, just all feedback, I think we just want to thank y'all because at the end of the day, you know, it takes a lot to get men in this type of space. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, you never, you, 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 granted, you probably hey, heard of us. You probably cool with some of us and everything like that, but you didn't know... Oh, I didn't know he said it was over. No. Oh, but yeah, I, did, I, I know you heard of us or cool with us or you saw probably some of our social medias, but you didn't know how we were going to be when we were all in the same room with each right. other, you know what I'm saying, or how comfortable we were going to be when we see each other and be open like this. But I think it only took a brother mm -hmm. just to say, look, I went through some shit. Word. I made a mistake. I'm I can be vulnerable. I can tell another brother I love you. I care about you and everything's gonna be all right. I'm this type of sex. I have this type of trait. Right. You open the door for all these black men in here to be safe. Right. And we appreciate you for being the person that you are, for letting us to tell our stories and be, be able to say, you know what? Men do not have a certain definition. Like we're all growing, we're all learning about one another. Evolving. We're all, and yeah, and we're, and, and that's just what it is. So we appreciate y'all. 